Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. That's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little-known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is, and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. It is well established that feed and feed ingredients are possible transmission routes for pathogens, including some emerging swine diseases. With many producers evaluating the risk of internationally sourced ingredients and feed contamination, chemical mitigants are being considered as a part of a comprehensive biosecurity. Dr. Tom Marsteller received his BS and DVM from Kansas State University. He practiced at the Abilene Animal Hospital in Abilene, Kansas, as a large animal veterinarian for 11 years, with focus in swine consultation services. He has been with Kemen Industries since October 2016. Welcome, Dr. Marsteller. Thank you, John. Now, question. Why is feed pathogen mitigation a critical issue today? Great question, John. Back in uh, April of 2013, a new disease entered the U.S. swine industry called porcine epidemic diarrhea virus. That uh, Learnings from that PED entry to the U.S. Was, was pretty dramatic because in the years between 2013 and 2014, 8% of the pigs born in the U.S. died in the fairing house because of PED virus. So that was very significant to the U.S. industry and caused a lot of changes. We really decided we were we thought we had good biosecurity, but we found our lessons learned were we had didn't have strong enough biosecurity programs for our U.S. swine industry. We're not not exactly sure where the virus came from, but when they did the uh, genetic fingerprinting, it looked like it came from a strain in China. So we don't know how it came to us from China, but we believe it either through feed or feed totes that the virus entered the U.S. industry. So since then, uh, researchers have looked at it, and uh, research has demonstrated viruses can survive in feed. We hadn't really thought of that before, but viruses can survive in feed, in feed ingredients during transportation. And Dr. D and others have done research to demonstrate that our transboundary shipping methods and uh, survival of pathogens can occur. Uh, and what he has shown during that work is a Another virus that's currently circulating around the uh, worldwide industry in pigs, African swine fever, can survive even in the absence of any protective barriers, and it can survive in an empty shipping container. Currently in Asia and Eastern Europe, African swine fever is, is causing devastating losses to their industries. Uh, what happened was African swine fever occurs naturally in Africa. That's why it's name, of course. And the warthog and ticks transmit it between each other in Africa. But since then, the virus has gone from Madagascar 
to the country of Georgia in Eastern Europe in 2007. So now the virus is in Eastern Europe and it's circulating around, getting into Poland, got into Russia, and then in 2018, it got into China. And it's been quite devastating to the Chinese industry. And China, of course, is the largest pork producer in the world. Three times bigger industry than the U.S. industry. Is there any kind of international body? There is. The OIE is an international body to establish that. China has recognized uh, that it's been in all of their different provinces. Over 100 outbreaks have occurred in China. Since China, it's gone into Vietnam, Cambodia, so it continues to circulate around Asia. And the OIE has access to all these countries? and As you can imagine in China, some access, limited access, but at least they are communicating with the OIE. Yes. So why it's quite different than PED is um, African swine fever versus PED is, is African swine fever is a very complex virus. Uh, it's a very highly resilient virus. Um, it can uh, survive in freezing conditions and survive even uh, some high temperatures. So, and it takes a very low dose to cause uh, an, an infection in animals. And there's, while we've known about African swine fever for many decades, we still have yet to develop a vaccine. So there is no vaccine available for this virus in and, the world. And, and freezing and high temperatures have no effect on it. Have very little effect on the on the virus. You can at, at very high temperatures, you can finally kill the virus, but it's very, very resilient. Is there a way of uh, humans picking it up? So you? that's the good news, is it does not transfer to humans. So that is the good news in the whole story. But within an industry, of course, uh, as and as a country gets it, and OIE is controlling where the virus might be, if your country gets it, now you cannot ship your pork to another country. So that's really important in the U.S. industry where 25% of our pork is exported. So if that would occur, if the virus would get here, we wouldn't be able to export those 25% of our pigs. So a fourth of the pigs would have to be consumed locally, and that could be devastating. Even in China, as they have uh, had the virus come there, we ship a lot of soybean meal to China. Well, since they've had the virus there, now our soybean meal shipments are dramatically lower because they don't need feed for those pigs. So it impacts the grain industry also. So it's, it's an agricultural issue in, in a lot of ways. So some of the ingredients from those re regions such as Eastern Europe or China, you know, the feeds can be a risk. For example, we uh, import uh, organic soybeans from uh, China today. So the people and product movement uh, is a big threat. And even recently, some meat has been confiscated in Ireland here in July of this year. 600 pounds of meats were positive for African swine fever in Ireland. So in the U.S., what we're doing is USDA, our uh, government agencies, are getting the Beagle Brigade at airports to make sure uh, passengers aren't bringing meat products in that might contain African swine fever. So we have... Yeah, yeah, I always wondered about that. Yep. Why... What difference would it make if I get some salami from another country and bring it in? That's exactly what's, right. It could be containing African yeah. swine fever coming from some of those countries. That's something. So who should be concerned about ASF and, and feed pathogen mitigation? Great question. So today, I mean, it's our producers that really have to be concerned at their feed and their feed mill level. 
regardless how the virus might come into the U.S., if it, uh, feed can still be a vector, uh, and we need to make sure our feed and feed mill biosecurities are, are in place. KSU research at Kansas State University has shown that pigs can be infected either through feed or water. Uh, Dr. Niederwerder and others have, have uh, uh, published that information. And what's happened is feed biosecurity is often very, is an overlooked part of the biosecurity program. Many producers just think about either pig movement or people movement, but feed can also be a part of their biosecurity program and need to, that needs to be evaluated. There's certainly today some of the key ingredients in feed that come exclusively from ASF areas. So we need to evaluate, you know, what are we going to do with those, with those products, with those ingredients. And, and so today what a lot of producers are doing is, is uh, having holding times rainy, ranging anywhere from 15 up to 400 days. So over a year of holding time, uh, depending on the ingredient and the temperature. And if we hold a vitamin that long, it may decrease the potency of that vitamin. So we have to understand what are we going to do in these situations. Also, how can we combat ASF? Yeah. Well, and other the emerging uh, animal in diseases. diseases yeah. Uh, yeah, today. So uh, on-farm uh, biosecurity is important. Uh, we need to uh, look for responsible sourcing of our ingredients. So where are our ingredients coming from? Uh, how are they uh, transported? Holding times, but as, as we've noted before, it can be a lot of variability. Uh, and some of the most recent standards are pus are, have been published by the Swine Health Information Center, uh, but also uh, Schick and others are, are sponsoring studies to look at feed mitigants, and feed mitigants such as formaldehyde or medium-chain fatty acids are looked at as an option for helping with feed mitigation with some of these issues. Well, what feed pathogen control solutions does Kimmen offer? Yeah, so today uh, Kimmen has two products. Uh, we've had a product on the market called Sourcurb for many years. It's a formaldehyde-based mitigant that's been uh, labeled to maintain feed and feed ingredients uh, salmonella negative for up to 21 days. So there's a lot of experience and research investment in the swine market with this product. Uh, sow curb is extremely effective and it includes a dedicated pathogen control team by, from Kimmen to work with customers on safe and efficacious use of that product. We would call sow curb today the kind of the gold standard for feed mitigants. However, it's formaldehyde based. Some producers say, well, I don't want to use a formaldehyde based oh, product. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So then Kimmen has then brought a new product to the market called Captasure. So Captasure is a highly available energy source derived from palm kernel oil. It's compromised of a proprietary blend of medium chain fatty acids used as a liquid energy source for animal feeds. And it's recently been launched by Kimmen here early this summer. Our independent published research has shown that medium chain fatty acids can reduce bacterial pathogens such as Salmonella, Campylobacter coli, and E. coli, and some viral pathogens such as PED in feed. As such, CaptureSure could be used as part of a comprehensive feed biosecure, uh, biosecurity program. Dr. Scott D. from Pipestone has completed research on, on both of these products to demonstrate uh, their effectiveness in, in, uh, in a, as a feed mitigant. CaptureSure is a unique and pure blend of C8 and C10 medium-chain fatty acids, unlike other medium-chain fatty acids on the market. The liquid benefits for feed application is there's no carrier to dilute the active ingredient and you have better contact with the feed particles. 
So there's a growing interest in treating premixes to lessen the risk as well as its use in nursery diets for our new CaptiShare product. Boy, that's, you know, thanks for all that information. So feed biosecurity is an often overlooked part of biosecurity programs, and it should be included in all comprehensive programs. Research showed viruses can survive in feed ingredients and during transportation from affected countries to the good old U.S. of A. Regardless of how the virus came into the United States, if it comes, feed could still be a vector of transmission. A program approach should be considered for maximum protection. I'd like to thank Dr. Tom Marsteller from Kevin Industries for joining us today, and I encourage our listeners to tune in next week to see what's on tap in animal agriculture. <laughs>